0: Love a good spooky tale or two? Well, you must, considering you're listening to this show. Why don't
1: you check out Malicious Mamas? Learn the origins of some classic legends, like Bloody Mary or the Grey Lady, and some new tales, like the bathroom ghosts that haunt Japan. That's Malicious Mamas, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello! Hello! We are Tales from the Shadows, the podcast where the shadow girls get together, talk about fairy tales, folklore, and other weird stories that have caught our interest. My name is Emily Collins. My name is Georgia Dorley. And my name is Orla Devlin. And today we are talking about, not my favourite topic, (laughs) cats.
2: I don't like this. I don't like this anti-cat sentiment
1: (laughs) at all. I'm not anti-cat. I'm just very pro-dog. Well... fine and convinced that all cats are up to something well emily throughout the course of this podcast
2: hopefully we can show you otherwise i mean like i I don't know no well okay uh, i've got a, have got a pretty charming story i've got a cat that i like but (laughs) i just i'd be worried
1: actually do you know why cats and dogs don't like each other no there's two stories one's chinese and one's irish that's they're both very similar Mm -hmm. so i'll just do a really quick thing basically once the cat and the dog once lived together And were very happy and lived in the house. But one day, the two humans they lived with lost their magical ring, which brought them good luck. And so the family and the household went through terrible luck. And the cat and the dog decided, right, we have to do something. And they went off on an adventure. And the cat would climb up high trees and spy out the best way. And when they came to thick thick rivers, deep rivers, uh, the cat would sit on the dog's back as the doggy paddled across. And eventually they found where the ring was. And it was locked in a chest. So the cat caught a mouse and the dog went off to bark and caused a big distraction while the cat had the mouse chew a little hole through and he was able to slip a claw in and pull out the ring. And then they set back. Uh, but the dog said to the cat, Look, it's a long and winding road. You can climb over all of the rooftops. Why don't you go ahead of me and you can get there first. You can get there faster. And so the cat ran off and it took the quick route while the dog took the winding route. And when the cat came back and gave the couple all the ring, they were overjoyed. Oh, their ring was back, all oh, the good luck. Wasn't it such a good kitten who was a good kitty who deserved the best space by the fire? And then a while later, the dog came back and the dog was muddy and wet and smelt. And the couple turned and said, oh, you've been off rolling in puddles. Look how good the cat has been. The cat helped us. You, you were just off. You're gonna sleep outside tonight. And the dog started to bark at the cat going, T- tell them how I helped you. And the cat just stretched out in the best space by the fire and turned its back on the dog. So every time dogs now see cats, they bark to remind them. I helped get that ring back. Where's my space by the fire? No, no I don't like this. is dog propaganda. <laughs> Anti-cat propaganda here. Yeah, don't I believe me. it. Like <laughs> They're up to something, and there's—I mean, there's, there's always something sinister going on with the cats. I don't know. So
2: I have—I have two cats in my house, and one of them oh. is just taken to sleeping with us every night in the bed. Aww. so I think either yeah, she's adopted us. So okay. they can be loving. They it can really. be quite
1: sweet. But I—I I was always told when we were little that we couldn't have a cat because we'd climb into the baby's crib and steal their breath.
2: Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, no. In fairness, there is a history of cats suffocating yeah. kids. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, Fine.
0: this actually happened, did it? Yeah, when we were living in Cove, we bought this house, and this cat came with it. Really awful. Mm-hmm. We just called it Cat. Actually, it didn't mm. actually have a name. And one evening, it, so I, like, I was only about eight at the time. I was asleep. I was dreaming. I dreamt that I was climbing a tree, and then there was an earthquake, and I fell out of the tree. And obviously, as I hit the ground, I woke up, and the cat was like wrapped around my head purring so it was like the purring it caused the earthquake in my brain yeah and then my parents freaked out because it could have suffocated a little bit selfish you know they just want to get the warmth from your head but yeah that's literally all it is yeah yeah they weren't purring because you know it wasn't purring because it liked me it was purring because
1: (laughs) you were warm yeah (laughs) and and this the whole thing with like cats and witches and black Mm. cats and Mm. i can never remember a black cat crossing in front of you is it good luck if it comes from the left or is it bad luck if it comes from the left so i tried
0: investigating this mm-hmm. and the um the well the the results are inconclusive <laughs> so essentially it's something like it's it's meant to be bad luck in the us and it's technically like good luck in some of the, the uk whether it's left or right and then in mm. germany i think they have A set rule that if it's left, it's good, and if it's right, it's bad, or Um. vice versa. But to be honest, there was so much conflicting information I decided Uh, that. that, And
2: I think in France, they're just like unilaterally good luck. Right. Black cats, yeah. Mm -hmm. The French have the right
1: ideas. Mm. I've always said it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it seems very cat to me. It's very, I could be good luck, I could be bad luck. (laughs) I'm slightly French cat. (laughs) (laughs) They just like to keep us guessing. It's, you know, this is
0: this is their oh, this I sense a conspiracy theory. Yeah.
1: Humans yeah. domesticated dogs, but do, but cats domesticated humans.
2: Yes, oh
1: that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah,
2: I will agree with that though. Yeah.
1: I will. And they're, they're always associated with witches and the supernatural and the devil and just weird goings on. The Goblin of the Witch's Cat was a children's book I had, and it had a, a little kitten was born to a witch's cat and was meant to be a witch's cat and all the kittens were black except Gobolino had a little white paw, a little white sock and didn't really want to be a witch's cat and went out and had loads of adventures and every chapter they had to move on to a new place because someone discovered he was a witch's cat. Oh, Which might be an allegory actually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was, a, it was a very, it was a charming book and if anyone's looking for a book for a, a, a child who likes cats... Goblin'o, the witch's cat.
2: Yeah. Or the Megan Mogg books. Oh, I did Do you those. read? I those? those Do you yeah. have those? Yeah, it's just, it's about a witch and her cat and oh. they sort of get up to
1: antics, you is, know. It's the one where the house is all black and the cat's black so she keeps tripping over it uh, and then yeah. she tries turning the cat all different colours and... That doesn't work out very well and the cat's quite fed up with it. So for she goes, oh wait, hang on, what if I had colours in the house? <laughs> yes, I, think, I think I had that one, but I think there were quite a few of yeah, so, yeah, 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 They were
2: like a series oh, of yeah. little, little short books. And she, she had stripy socks. Yes, 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 yes definitely. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm remembering it quite vividly now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wonderful, wonderful series mm. for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like women. witches. Mm-hmm. Maybe
1: witches can make me like cats. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're kind of witchy. A little yeah, bit, I think I'm, a little I'm, black
1: cat I'm, would suit you. Bunbury does act like a cat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have a cat that acts like a dog. You know, our cat Stormageddon is... Um, Stormageddon. Stormageddon? Yeah, it was a Doctor Who reference a very long Aww. time ago. Um, or Stormy. Um, she, yeah, she's just more dog-like, but with the puppy she's got yeah. more cat Yeah, how does she so. get on with Bumble? Apparently there is a sort of uh, truce, so <laughs> they're not loving each other, but you know, they'll, they'll be okay in the same room. Okay. Yeah. But I I think it is a case that Stormy Gettin did get the ring and Bumble did did not. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you found out about the hierarchy of cats.
2: Yes, I did. I did. Apparently cats exist under a monarchy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Or or so uh the, the 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 so the story goes, so there's like a a legend, a folk story from um they're not quite sure where it's from, if it's England, Scotland, but apparently it was quite prevalent in the Highlands back in the 1700s. And it's the story of the King of the Cats. So, legend goes that in a small village there was a man called James who was known for telling tall tales, you know? So he would just be sitting in the pub telling all these ridiculous stories and, and he started to lose jobs. You know so he was sort of a handyman or, or a man about time and he would just sort of like start coming up with crazy excuses as to why he was late and things like that and people would always say oh james stop telling all these ridiculous stories and he bounced around from job to job because no one could trust him so finally he ended up in the uh vicar's house being a sort of handyman for the vicar and the vicar asked him one night he said james uh do you mind just going out the poor widow passed away and uh, she has to be buried tomorrow so would you mind going out and, and digging her grave and he said yes father of course or vicar i'm not sure um, <laughs> I don't know yeah, uh, vicar of course uh, i'll go out i'll dig her grave and uh whilst he's going out he passes the church and he he sees that all the lights are on, or candles are lit, and he said, that's not supposed to happen at all. So he runs over to see who's been, you know, who's in the church at, at this hour of the night. And as he gets closer and closer, he just hears, meow, meow, meow. And he's like, oh, for God's sake, I don't know, like some cat's gotten in or someone, whatever. And as he goes up and he looks in through the window, he sees that it's not just one cat, but it's hundreds of cats. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all sitting upright in the pews <laughs> like they're going to mass. And at the, at the altar, there is a, a big black cat in a bishop's hat. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. This yeah. sounds like a Wallace and Gromit. I know, it doesn't. <laughs> um, so there's a big black cat in a bishop's hat. And in front of him, there is a tabby cat kneeling, kneeling down. So obviously the bishop is blessing this cat of some sort and, and all the other cats are, are watching the ceremony or some sort of coronation or something going on and James is absolutely flabbergasted he's like what in the name of God have I just seen so he runs back up to the vicar's house and he and he's like vicar vicar I'm so sorry I was gonna I was gonna go dig the grave I was I swear but you just have to listen to me like what's going on in in the church it's mental I saw all these cats sitting there and and I just don't know what to do and the vicar stops and looks at him is like what in the name of Lord are you talking about, James? This, all these tall tales are going to get you into trouble. And as you know, he sit the vicar is sitting there. His his black cat sort of comes up and just rubs himself around his legs, and he's looking at James quite intently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Typical cat.
2: Typical cat. Mm-hmm. And the vicar says, "Just go out and do your job. And if I hear any more of these ridiculous stories, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to let you go because this can This is not on. So." James goes back out. He digs the grave. It's all fine. They hold the funeral tomorrow, and so the next night, the priest asks him to go out and do something else, uh, to tend the garden. And so James, like, yes, fine. He go gets his shovel. He goes out the back and he and he starts tending to the to the vicar's garden. But as he's as he starts digging, he hears. Meow. And he thinks, no, not again. I actually, I can't have this happen. I can't. And what does he see? But that same tabby cat that was just, you know, coronated or or blessed the night before, riding on the back of a fox with a (laughs) bow and arrow in its hand. Oh my God. And James says, man, I need to lay off the whiskey. I don't (laughs) know what I'm seeing. But what's following is an entire army of cats on the backs of boxes wow. with arrow bows and arrows in their hand and James looking around because they seem to be quite intent and looking around and around to see what they could be following and he sees a dog in the next field over and he thinks No no, they must be hunting that dog and, and, and you know he goes back into the vicar's house and says, Vicar, 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 I'm so sorry I was going to go dig up your garden, I was, I was, but I just have to tell you what I saw There were all these cats on the back of foxes trying to hunt down this dog and the vicar looks at him and says James what did I tell you last night? This is your last chance, I will not hear any more of these ridiculous stories and and same again, just as the night before, the vicar's black cat sort of comes into the room and looks at James very intently and just goes
1: <laughs>
2: meow and leaves again. And so then finally, the third day or on the third night, the vicar asks uh, James to go deliver a message into the next town to the neighbouring vicar, and James says yes, of course. He takes the he takes the letter and he and he goes and he delivers it. But as he's coming back, it's getting quite dark. He decides to take a shortcut of, you know, cross-country or whatever. And that's, of course, when he hears... Meow, meow, meow. Meow. And then he sees the cat army again chasing the dog up the field. they their bows and arrows. But the dog turns back and starts galloping towards the king cat. Um, or the, the big the big cat at the front of the army and just jumps up and takes it off the fox and ravishes its body. And so he watches <laughs> all of this happening and he watches the poor cat get mauled to bits and um, the, the cat in the bishop's hat goes up and looks at the dead cat's body, declares it dead mm. and just turns around to James and says, tell Gil Godrum that Gal Gildrum is dead <laughs> and james runs back to the vicar's house same as the two nights before and says to the vicar vicar i'm sorry you have to believe me like this can't be happening like these cats are absolutely everywhere there's something strange is going on maybe they're haunted maybe they're possessed maybe there's a witching going on and 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 uh the, the priest says, what in the the name of God are you, like, how can you keep seeing all these cats everywhere? Like, what, what is wrong with you? It's like, Vicar, Vicar, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me, uh, but, but more so like the, the cats spoke to me, the cats are speaking, they must be possessed. <laughs> Oh, for God's sake, cats don't speak. I mean, what would cats ever have to say to you, James? It's like, but, but Father, they, they asked me. They asked me to tell Gal Gildrum that Gil Godram was dead, but how am I supposed to tell Gil Godram that? But I don't know who any of these people are. And as he says those two names, the priest's cat just walks back into the room and says, Gil Godram is dead? <laughs> Well, that must mean that I'm king of the cats! And so he runs up to the chimney, goes up the chimney sweep, and is never
1: seen again. And is that story meant to make me like cats? Yes, it is! They yeah. have a civilization, they have a hierarchy. I actually I, I, I tell well, a, an Irish variant of that story, which is much less dramatic, and the, the, the cats don't have fox hunts. But I love that image.
0: I know, isn't it great? They don't have opposable
1: thumbs. I but they just for show,
0: it. like they just sort of pretend with the bows and I yeah, know, but, yeah, yeah,
1: it's all posturing. <laughs> who did you say that was? You got that story from? Um, so I got
2: that sort of longer version from uh, Aaron Shepherd, who just adapted the 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 folk the folk tale into sort of a longer format.
1: Because the first. Sort of novel written in English, which is also considered one of the first horror novels. Yeah, I read about this, yeah. Beware the Cat, mm-hmm. which is by William Baldwin in 1553. That's a number. <laughs> um, and, and it was all anti Catholic propaganda, but oh. it involves the, a story of the King of the Cats and the Cat Secret Society, because uh, cats are bastards mischievous yeah cats are plotting things uh, but they also show up in Irish folklore the king of the cats gets sort of referenced occasionally and is loosely responsible for the the version of the torn bocule we have today oh yeah which is like the, the big Irish epic which is all about stealing a cow mm-hmm. a, and, and a, a dispute between a king and a queen who were married at one stage the
2: gravest crime you can ever yeah. commit in
1: Ireland um, but the basically the bards in Ireland used to be incredibly powerful and the big thing was if, you, if they satirised you uh, satire being yeah. satired was the worst thing you could be because it could physically harm you <laughs> uh, it would damage your reputation but the stories of like kings being satirised and they become physically weakened by it um, but the bars got pretty pretty up themselves and one of them was oh I'm going to pronounce his name horribly because it's in Irish I'm going to ask to pronounce the name
0: I don't know if I'll be able to yeah. is it like Siancón Torpáisht
1: means worm doesn't it yeah well he might have been called a worm but he was he yeah was one of the he was the like the, the top bard not called the king of the bards but basically the king of the bards and he was having a bit of a conflict with the king of connacht and he had decided that the way he was going to get revenge was he was going to have all the bards arrive at his castle and all make like these extremely exorbitant demands because if the bard arrived you had to Give them what they they asked for, mm-hmm. or else they'd satirize you. <laughs> and so the king was he was struggling, but he was managing to meet all these demands. And the king of the bars got a bit merry with the drink, and it, he was getting annoyed because it, he wasn't getting a chance to actually satirize this guy. So he started to satirize the mice on the floor, <laughs> and then he started to satirize the cats who weren't catching the mice, and then he satirized the king of the cats. And the king of the cats heard about this and was none too pleased, <laughs> and came along going, "You've been satirizing me." <laughs> I haven't done anything to you but I'm going to now and he grabbed him and he tore him all around the country and eventually dropped him back and the bard was like why didn't you kill me? If you had killed me then my name would live on and now everyone's going to know that I satirised the king of the cats when I shouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> and then he was basically told that his um, his penance was he had to go and find the torn bokule Um oh. the battle raid of Kule because uh, it had got a bit lost <laughs> so they had to go cobble together the official version okay yeah Goodness. oh my god so that's that's sort of how it came to be like uh, that yeah was... and it's said that the bards went off seeking and they ended up coming to a tomb and a great mist descended on them and the ghost of Fergus who had Fergus formerly king of Ulster who had defected to Connacht to fight with Queen Maeve his ghost appeared and told them the story oh wow because he would be the closest to an unbiased source yeah 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 mm. because he had loyalties on both sides yeah <laughs>
2: See, if it weren't for cats, we wouldn't have the story of the tawn, mm. you know, you know? Mm. I'm just saying, like, it's fine that they exist, but I don't really like them. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> what? I feel that way about a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're actually recording before Halloween that this episode is going to come out mm. after Halloween. Yeah. The black cats are pretty Halloween-associated. Yes. They are. They are. As I said, I tried looking up.
0: How these sort of superstitions we have about black cats um, came to be, and whether they're good luck or they're bad luck, everyone is undecided about this. It's interesting. Like I was trying to just sort of look up, like maybe like a scientific explanation. For, I love my scientific explanations <laughs> for for why we we became so suspicious of cats when um you know they are you know relatively they, nice. They creatures. kind of
1: slink around the place. And they, they give do, you a they look are suspicious. Yeah. They give you a look that says mm. I know more than you do. Yeah.
0: But there's also possibly the fact that like. Obviously, when we were sort of, I, I don't know what the correct term is, but when we were living in caves, like mm. back in the day, well, we've spoken before about tigers and being eaten by those yeah. and all that. So the, obviously, you know, cats are somewhat related to, to big cats who mm. would have been predators. And so mm. maybe there is a sort of more of a fear mm. associated with that. But then
1: I don't know, because wolves would have eaten us too. Yeah. We like dogs. like in, yeah. in Egypt, they they really liked their cats. Yeah. yeah.
2: But there was also, you know, all the sort of Greek, Greek and Egyptian horror creatures Oh. Yeah. you know like the the sphinx she, mm. she'd sit up on up her rock and tell you a riddle and if you didn't get it right she'd eat you yeah, yeah she forgot about the sphinx yeah, you know. About or Cat. like the chimera is another one it had like the, yeah. the body or the, the head of a lion body of a bird you know that yeah, the of the thing
0: like, combinations of animals Yeah, um, actually on the topic of the uh, like Egyptians and cats um, it's interesting that we, there was something about what was it So they were sort of favourable creatures in ancient Egypt um, and sort of associated with um, the The cat goddess goddess Bastet or Bast or something. Yeah. Um, And apparently like households believed that they could gain favour from this goddess goddess by hosting black cats in their household. But apparently, I don't know much about uh, the English monarchy, but... Um apparently, this oh, view don't
2: was... lie Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I I sound like it,
0: <laughs> but uh this uh so apparently this view was also held in the early seventeenth century by the English monarch Charles the oh. and upon his death uh, or upon the death of his treasured pet uh, black cat, he is said to have lamented that his luck was gone. True to his claim, he was arrested the very next day and charged with high treason. Apparently, I don't know the story behind this. I literally just read that. But on his Wikipedia. son, I King don't. Charles II, really liked
2: spaniels.
1: Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Cavalier King Charles. Ooh. Cavalier King
2: Charles. Intriguing. Yeah. Uh, I and mean, in like um, ancient sort of Chinese mythology, cats were thought of like the the guides to the to the sort of under, you know, the second oh, world yeah. or whatever. They would, like, that's guide right. your soul from this world to the mm. next. Mm. And they would, like, the, you know, the sort of two lions at the front of sort of Chinese oh, temples. Yeah. So, like, one of them's holding, like, a, a sphere and it's supposed to be, yeah. like, protecting and the other one. So, like, that's the male one is protecting, like, the, the, the physical temple and then mm. the female one is, like, protecting the soul or protecting oh. the people in there i didn't know that yeah, yeah. so yeah they're there to protect you guys
0: <laughs> well
2: <laughs> interesting
0: but well, yeah on black hats because I'm, uh, I'm i'm going off on a tangent um <laughs> sorry but yeah Horrible black cats. We'll go back to. So that. I'm really, I'm really bad at sticking to, you know, you know me at this stage. Anyway, um, yeah. So I was looking specifically at black cats, and I, I was a really big fan of Edgar Allan Poe as a kid because yeah, I was wasn't. one of those kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was rereading the story just. The Black Cat, which is a short story that he wrote from the perspective of a man who is, he starts the story sort of saying, you know, tomorrow I am going to die. Oh. Um, <laughs> Great. Um, and then decides to tell us the story of why he's going to die. Um, I'll try and give a quick summary. Essentially, he sort of talks about the fact that, especially as a child, he was the kind of boy who was very sensitive, didn't have many friends, but loved animals and always mm. was really, really good with animals and cats and dogs and, um, he, he marries uh, a wife who's of a similar temperament, and they have a very happy home together. With you know, I think he says they've got like um, a dog, a cat, a monkey, birds, lots of yeah, he says Where it's did all they get a monkey. I don't know, Ow, <laughs> it was back in those days when there was so new and exciting. And he, he talks about this, this black cat Pluto that they have, whom he was incredibly fond of, even though um, you know, he was aware of all the sort of like the superstitions, especially with black cats. Mm. And his wife sort of was a little bit into the sort of like, oh, it's. Probably a witch, but you know she was sort of joking about it. Mm. But he slowly finds that, unfortunately, he he starts not so much losing his mind, but he he sort of talks about how he's he's starting to drink more and his his temperament is changing. He's getting angry at outbursts and he's sort of shouting at his poor wife and he feels bad about it and he's aware of it, but it keeps happening. And the cat, he slowly just begins to hate. And he doesn't he doesn't fully sort of explain you know how this came about he just slowly finds this creeping sense of hatred towards the cat and one night when he comes back from one of his his taverns he in a fit of rage just cuts out the eyeball of poor Pluto and the poor cat obviously like you know he recovers but every time that the the main character the protagonist comes into the room it's a scarper off can't can't deal with Mm -hmm. it and this only makes him like he feels he talks about feeling a sort of sense of remorse but he then becomes sort of he hates the creature more because of the way that it's so frightened of him and one day um instead of in a rage in a very cold and calculated way he just takes the cat makes a noose and hangs it from a tree it's a really interesting account because he's sort of talking about how he like i can't remember the quote from it directly but how he just sort of he just sort of did it and he knew that it was awful but he just did it and it's a really interesting sort of story when it comes to like the mind and not so much insanity but of like you know (laughs) mental distress um but anyway back to the story that night his house burns down (laughs) (laughs) and the the next day um the the sort of the crowd is around the house and and he he goes back to this burnt out shell and um, everyone's pointing at this sort of burnt husk of the body of the cat up against um, the last remaining wall from his bedroom like as if someone has taken the corpse and threw it through the window while the house was burning down um, and he's haunted by this image and in the next few weeks he 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 wants a cat again he he misses and he feels sort of bad about it and he finds this cat in a, in one of his taverns that looks exactly like Pluto even down to the fact that it's only got one eye except it's got this sort of this white patch on its chest so Pluto was entirely black Mm -hmm. this one has this sort of like blobby sort of sort of pattern and he brings it back to the house and it just it makes itself at home straight away and his wife loves it and it's very happy and then slowly the creeping sensation of hating it comes back and um, he also says that that white blob on its chest very slowly starts to resemble something I think he says hideous in capitals (laughs) um, the gallows and it obviously reminds him of what he's done and this, this creeping sense of hatred is coming back. And there's one day that he is going down to the cellar with his wife and he's been having his angry outbursts again and been drinking too much and he takes a, an axe. I think he trips over the cat because it comes down with him and he goes to just throw the axe at the cat and his wife just puts up her hand and stops him. And unfortunately, in a fit of rage, he takes the axe back again and buries it in her head. <gasps> She falls down dead. I know, like Dick, move. Oh, anyway, dude, no need. like no need. <laughs> yeah, and he's suddenly just all he can think about is the fact that oh, I've got, I've got to hide the body. <laughs> <laughs> the cat sort of vanished, and uh, he's like, oh god, uh, okay. So um, he he realizes that the the sort of in the the cellar, it's it. The, the, the plaster is never sort of set on the walls, and he finds like he can sort of take it off and take away the bricks and put the body behind where there used to be a fireplace and put it all back again fairly easily because the plaster is still mm. moist because it's underground. um And he, he doesn't see the cat for days and he feels so much better and he sleeps so easy that night, even though he's just murdered his wife. You know, he's just like, I slept so well because <laughs> there was no bloody cat anywhere the police start coming around the investigations are happening it's like the third time he's been showing them around the house and he brings them down to the cellar and he's just feeling really smug he's like yeah. you know I'm a genius they have no idea and he's like I didn't even feel nervous it was fine I knew it was fine and as the police are leaving walking up the stairs he just says I don't know what compelled me but I, I just had to point out how well made this house was and he's sort of saying look at this plaster work to them and he taps on oh. the wall <laughs> All this like blood curdling sort of weird human cat noise comes out from behind it and of course the police officers are like oh wow okay what excuse me so they they start tearing down the wall and restraining him and when he was putting the body behind that wall and fixing it up again the cat oh. got stuck in there and he didn't notice oh. so when they pull down the wall it's just sitting on top of the wife's <gasps> head bloody mouth because it's been forced to eat her yeah just like Ugh. You know, and um, yeah, so that's why he's dying the next day because he's definitely heading to the gallows. Yeah. Um, But it was—I thought it was an interesting story in that, like, they were just normal cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the weird stuff was projected by him. Yeah. And it was all in his own mind.
2: So that's me being the boring rationalist again. Yeah. So okay, maybe
1: the cat isn't evil in that story.
2: No, the man is evil in that story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about that?
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or Pluto. Yeah. Well, I was going to tell Puss in Boots, uh, which is a a fun fun French fairy tale where the moral is basically, have nice shoes. Yeah. (laughs) Have nice shoes and bluff. Bluff till you make it. Yeah. But then I found on my bookshelf, I have this book, The Cat, A Tale of Feminine Redemption by Louise von Franz who is a Jungian scholar who did a lot of uh, work using Jungian theory to analyse fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And have I read this book? No. <laughs> but I saw it on my bookshelf and I took it down and was just looking at going... She's talking about this particular Romanian fairy tale. And I had a quick read of it and it's bizarre. It's, it's totally insane. So I'm going to give you uh, my quick recap telling from like having read it five minutes before. Uh, It's called The Cat. So there was once an emperor. He was the richest emperor in the land. He had jewels, he had silks, he had money, he had a beautiful wife. But they had no children. Pretty standard beginning to a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And he and his wife, they had tried everything to conceive, but it it just wasn't working for them. And one day his wife said, Dear husband, I, I think I'll take the carriage and go out and get some air. And he said... Oh, no, don't take the carriage. I will build you a ship. A glorious <laughs> ship. And he does. He has the most wonderful ship built. And she gets onto the ship with her two servants, and they're going to go for just a little sail around. And when she's on the ship, he says, By the way, if you don't come back pregnant, don't come back at all. <laughs> and the ship goes off, rude. So I'm not sure he really... Who's
2: cruise? <laughs> I'm not
1: sure he really understands how you babies get made maybe that's
2: why they weren't getting pregnant if you
1: just thought it was going about maybe maybe but anyway she and the servants they sail away they sail away for a long time and they sail so far they cannot see land on either side but then in front of them there's a mist and the mist surrounds them and when the mist clears they can see the most beautiful palace floating on the water and they get off and they go into the palace and this is the palace of the mother of god and in the court charge, there is a tree growing golden apples. And when the empress sees the tree, she knows, if I don't have one of those apples, I'm going to die. And she instantly becomes incredibly sick and weak. And her servants think, oh, wow, I, I thought that was a figure of speech, but she <laughs> is actually going to die. So they run and they begin to shake the tree and shake it and shake it and shake it. And eventually an apple falls off. And the empress she gorges herself on the apple and then instantly vomits. And then is suddenly six months pregnant. Wow! and they get back on the ship and decide to go home but the mother of God when she comes out and she sees one of her apples has been taken and there's vomit on the floor and they didn't even bother to say hello (laughs) she puts a curse on the Empress the child that that woman shall bear shall be a girl the most beautiful girl it will be easier to look at the sun without being blinded than to look at this girl without falling in love with her (laughs) (laughs) Biggest snore from the smallest dog. (laughs) It'll be easier to look at the sun without being blinded than to look at this girl without loving her. But when she turns 17, she shall be turned into a cat. And so shall all of her servants. And she shall remain a cat until an emperor's son cuts her head off. Only then shall she return to human form.
2: With her head or... Oh, we Mm. don't know.
1: But the, (laughs) the empress knows nothing of this. And she arrives home and her husband is overjoyed and she gives birth to a little baby girl and the baby girl is the most beautiful baby girl. And she grows up into a beautiful young woman but on the day of her 17th birthday when they're sitting at the feast in the midday meal, she suddenly turns into a cat and vanishes. (laughs) So do all of her servants and a, a strangeness falls upon the empire. Meanwhile there's another emperor. This emperor has had three sons. his wife has died though and he has become very very upset and depressed and he's taken to drink and he just he wants to get rid of his sons (laughs) they just, they're cluttering up the house, he needs to get them out of there so he calls all three of his sons and he says sons, I have a journey for you, a quest you are to go out into the world and you are to bring me back the finest linen linen so fine that you can blow through it linen so fine you can pull it to the eye of a needle, go forth and find me this linen. And the sons decide, Father, we shall. <laughs> but before they go, they have three days of feasting. Great. yes. Because that's, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And once the three days of feasting are finished, they say, Brothers, we shall meet again before a year has passed. And they head off, each heading in a different direction. And the eldest son, he decides he shall go the way where his horse shall have food, though he will go hungry the second son decides he will go away where he will have food even if his horse grows hungry and the third son decides he'll just go whichever the way takes him Mm -hmm. now the eldest son as he is going along he suffers hunger and he does not find any linen but he does find a lovely little dog the second son he goes off and he has plenty to eat though his horse is growing hungry and he finds linen but it is coarse hard and there's no way he's going to be able to pull this through the eye of a needle and the third son wanders off and gets lost. And the rain falls on him. And the rain falls on him for three days and three nights. And he is sick and tired and cold. And he sees in front of him a strange looking palace. And he decides he will enter. He will enter this palace to, to get shelter. And he enters and he sees a piece of meat. And he is so hungry he doesn't care that the meat is raw. And he picks it up but it's not meat. It's, it's precious jewels that someone has carved into the shape of meat. And he goes to give it a kick. And that hurts his foot and he tries to leave but the, the meat seems to be following him around. And then all of a sudden he's being attacked. He's being beaten and scratched by invisible hands. And his clothes are torn from him and he falls to the ground. But as soon as he's completely naked the, the beating stops. And he sees there, there's laid out before him fine clothes and good food. And he's very confused. <laughs> but he puts the clothes on because he's naked and he eats the food and it's good and he falls asleep. And in that sleep he's healed. He wakes up again. The next day he wanders through and he he comes to another room. But as soon as he walks into this room, same things happen. He is beaten, he is torn, he is stripped. And then there's beautiful food and beautiful clothes. So he eats, he dresses, he falls asleep. And the next day he he sees there's another door. And he's he's quite nervous to go into this door (laughs) because he's he's noticed a pattern. (laughs) But he opens the door. And when he opens the door, the room is made of gold. And it's full of cats. And all the cats are dressed in cloth of gold. And they're sitting on golden chairs. And at the far end of the room, there is a throne of gold. Two thrones of gold. And seated on one is a basket of gold. And in the basket is a small, beautiful cat. And... The cats begin to come forward and they are carrying cloth of gold and they give it to the prince and he he puts it on, very confused, and he walks up and the little cat sits up in her basket and says, Sit with me. And he sits with the cat and things are going on quite well and he has a good time and the little cat turns to him and says, I am the Empress here, but I think you shall be my emperor. And... So that happens. And he lives with the cats for quite a while. Meanwhile, his brothers, they've returned to where they were meant to meet after a year, but, well, one is there with his coarse linen, one is there with his small dog. But the youngest brother isn't showing up, and they wait, and they wait, and they wait, and eventually, they decide they can't wait much longer, and they go back to their father, and they present what they have brought. The middle son presents his coarse linen, and the father is not very impressed. Uh The eldest son presents the little dog, and the king is the emperor. He is overjoyed. This little dog is so cute, and it's made him suddenly very happy, and he doesn't need to drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And where is my youngest son? And the 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 two other brothers say, "We don't know. We we all went different ways. We were meant to meet up again, but but he hasn't returned." And so they think, "Oh, oh, he must have died." Whoops. Meanwhile, the the youngest son is in the the empire of the cats in this remarkable palace and he's getting on quite well with the the empress of the cats and they're talking and she turns to one day and says why did you come here to begin with and he says well i was i was on this um quest with my brothers to go find the finest linen linen you could pull to the eye of a needle to give to my father the emperor but I'm, i'm much happier here and she says, you should go back to your father we will give you we will give you what you need come along come along come along and they travel back and he says wait hang on how long have i been gone And she says nine years (laughs) that's not possible I've only been here nine days and she says well then why did you ask me how long you've been here (laughs) and she explains time moves differently in the world of the cats for every one year that has passed here uh, for every one day that has passed here a year has passed in the world of men and he says does that mean it's going to take me nine years to get back to my father and she says no and she takes a whip off the wall I don't know how she does this without opposable thoughts, but she does. And she cracks the whip and lightning appears, and a carriage of lightning appears. And the the thing actually says in brackets, it does not specify what a carriage of lightning is, it is just a carriage of lightning. <laughs> and they get into it, and, they s- and she cracks the whip again, and they're suddenly back at his father's court. And she hands him three nutshells and says, what your father wishes are in these nutshells. And so the king is... He's quite pleased to see his son who suddenly appears with a cat <laughs> and a handful of nuts. <laughs> and the youngest son walks up and says, Father, I have the finest linen. And he cracks open the nutshells. But corn falls out. And he turns to the cat angrily and says, you, you said this would be what my father had asked for. And she says, open the corn. And he opens the corn and it's seeds. And he says, well, this isn't what I meant. So open the seeds. Yeah. And when he opens one of the seeds, a hundred metres of the finest linen Linen you could pull through the eye of a needle on rolls before him. And he's, he's quite impressed. <laughs> and his father says, son, you have achieved what your brothers could not. I'm going to make you emperor in my place. And the son says, I, I can't be emperor. I'm, I'm already emperor of the kingdom of the cats. I've got stuff to do. And his father says, no, you have to stay here and you have to get married. I'm going to pick your bride for you. And the son doesn't want his father to pick his bride for you. So he picks up the, the little cat and says, this is the empress of the cats? I am the emperor of the cats so she therefore is my bride and his father said she's a cat <laughs> you cannot marry a cat and the cat leaps out of his arms walks into another room and then comes back as a beautiful woman and they're all very surprised but they say okay she's a woman now fine she could be your bride but <laughs> you still have to stay here and be my, my successor but the son and the princess who was a cat and is now not jump back into their carriage of lightning she cracks the whip and they return but she can only stay in human form for a few minutes and she turns back into a cat. And the, the prince asks her, why are you a cat? And she says, it's about time you asked that question. <laughs> but it's not time for me to answer yet. <laughs> it's a very cat thing to say. <laughs> uh, and so he lives in the Empire of the Cats for, for a few more days. And the Empress of the Cats, though, she's trying to come up with a plan. And so she arranges for them to be on a hunt. And she has all of the cats sharp in their sabres and swords... But she says that she's feeling ill. She's feeling terribly unwell. And the, the, the prince says, oh, oh, my, 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 my beautiful cat, what can I do to make you want?" And she says, it's my tail. It's so long and so heavy. I can't, I can't carry it around. Cut it off. And he says, I can't cut off your tail. That would hurt you so much. I can't hurt you. And she begs and she pleads. And eventually he feels he has no choice. And he picks up one of the sharpened sabers and cuts off her tail. And then the lower half of her body turns back into that of a woman. <laughs> but she's she's still a cat from the waist up and the prince thinks this is different <laughs> but um, and then she starts to complain. Oh, oh I can't go on with life like this oh you're gonna to have to cut off my head <laughs> and like, I can't cut off your head that will kill you just even you have to cut off my head and she begs and she pleads and well he, he has to admit she, she's half cat half woman and she This does not seem to be the life she wants to live. So he picks up another sabre and he cuts off her head. And now she's entirely human. (laughs) And they go back to his his father's castle. And his father, when he sees the woman, he thinks, she's too good for my son. (laughs) She should be mine. Oh, no. So he arranges for his son to go off on a hunt. And he decides he's going to pay a visit to his uh, daughter-in-law's bedchamber. But as he's going along, his way is just full of cats <laughs> there are hundreds of them and he can't move and they're all meowing and hissing at him and eventually the, the daughter opens the door to see what the commotion is and the emperor says my son is not good enough for you be mine we will kill him and she says no and slaps him across the face <laughs> and goes mm-hmm. back into her room and when the son comes back she tells him about all that has happened and he says that's that's awful we should head back to the king and the cat and she says no we should wage war on your father. <laughs> and they do. And they assemble a great army of humans and cats and the emperor assembles an army of just humans and a terrible war is waged. And all of the emperor's army are slain until he is the only one left. And his son takes the crown, puts it on his head, and he and the empress, who was a cat, go on and rule. And That's the end of the story. What? Yes. Yeah, no, I've I've missed wow. I've missed out a few bits and th- pieces, but yeah, bizarre. Yeah, I just. But I want a lightning carriage. Yeah, <laughs> that, and what... a battle of an army of cats versus an army of soldiers. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'd yeah. love to visit the sort of. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm going to read this cat kingdom. I'm going to read this book and actually find out. What? What? <laughs> what? what? Like, it, the, does the Jungian scholar give it? Did you read I, any of like, ha- the analysis? I, I haven't got to the analysis yet. I just read the story because it was a, a princess turned into a cat and her head needs to be cut off. <laughs> what? So, um, hopefully, I will be able to tell you what what uh, Marie uh, Louise von Fran makes of that story. Yeah,
2: what, why, you know? Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> but I have, a, I have a request because. The princess being turned into a cat thing got me in mind of a children's book I had as a child that I cannot remember the name of. <laughs> there was a princess and she was a bit of a brat and she kept putting practical jokes and things and making apple pie beds. And there was an emp- there was a- not an empress- there was a duchess in the castle who was also a sorceress who turned her into a cat. And the only person who will listen to the cat is the scullery maid and they have to go on a sort of adventure to, to try to find the reverse of the turn a princess into a cat potion. The book's cover was pink <laughs> the cat was a ginger cat i can't remember the name of it if this rings a bell with anyone please i tried googling um naughty princess turned into cat by duchess but <laughs> we were googling some weird stuff yeah let yeah. yeah. try and find this yeah so if anyone knows what that book is i would really appreciate it if you could tell me mm. the name <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll hunt yeah. it down.
2: Yeah. What, what's a, what's an apple pie bed or a custard bed? Oh, it's, um,
1: it? it's a, when you have like a bed with like lots the blankets and sheets. It's um, normally the sheet that like you, there's one sheet under the, all the blankets and things and you sort of, you put your legs under that one, but you kind of tuck, bend it under the blankets and then tuck it back up over the mattress. Okay. So when you pull up the blankets and sit on, you're sitting on the blanket and you're trying to pull the blankets up, but push your legs in and you're sort of trapped.
2: Ah, Okay. so it was a dastardly trip it was a dastardly trip and the
1: the duchess just had had enough of
2: this
1: (laughs) okay yeah please
2: someone help Emily out this this sounds fascinating
1: I'm still not fully converted to cats I'm sorry Ah, but, like, they're the rulers of
2: the land, we if might... this is anything to go by. Yeah, know, well, they're... we're
0: apparently very anti-establishment,
2: so... <laughs> we might
1: have to do another cat thing for you to fully persuade me.
2: Yeah, yeah. I will I will actually try. I will try and find some, like, nice, I good have, cats. Like, one podcast where it's just Orla doing a presentation all by herself. <laughs> Slide one,
1: please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. So, uh, we have been not cat people... I have been a cat person i will remain so. And I'm a dog person and my name is Emily Collins.
0: <laughs> uh, my name is Georgia Doherty and I think I'm fairly middle ground <laughs> towards dogs.
1: <laughs> and my name is Oila Devlin. And uh, we're, we are Silence from the Shadows. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram as Silence from the Shadows. Our Twitter handle is... No, sorry. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Tales from the Shadows. On... Twitter we are at Tales Shadows the reason we are Tales from the Shadows on the social media and Sounds from the Shadows on the podcast is we have a theatre group and just let people like keep them guessing yeah although if you're in Dublin oh if you are in Dublin on the 15th of November it will be 25 years of the National Gallery having the taking of the Christ by Caravaggio, and we will be doing a shadow puppet and story show to, uh, to help celebrate that
2: yeah mm-hmm. so if you enjoy the podcast and you want to see us in action!
1: Woo! Yeah! Ooh, come on uh, down! Yeah! And if you would like to help support us, we, we now have a Patreon. Ooh, Ooh. Uh, we have at time of recording, we have one patron. Really? Yay! Yay! Thank days. you so much! Yeah, we, are, we. I'm very pleased with this. I'm. I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me smiley. Uh, can, we, can we tell that can we give a shout out to that page? I, I don't know if they would want but I oh would. oh fair yeah 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 yep, but sorry. thank you whoever you are Mysterious you, Benefactor Mysterious and amazing. if you would like your name read out on the podcast uh, let us know mm-hmm. and if anyone else would like to be support us you can get some rewards uh, you can get a shout out if you'd like mm-hmm. uh, find us on Patreon we are Sounds from the Shadows and there should be a link in the little descriptor box yeah. and thank you Thank, Thank you. you. Woo. Woo! Hello.
2: I'm the narrator, the creator of Mythical, a podcast that wanders into the dark and fantastical pages of fairy tales and myths. Each episode, I read a classic or obscure story and add my own thoughts on the narrative. If you love original fairy tales, visit the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at mythicalpodcast.com for all the latest updates and links to listen for free. I hope to see you in the storybooks.